Thank you, Mackenzie. What a beautiful song. Wonderful, merciful Savior. And you all, my God, my goodness, the job you did picking, picking favorites tonight. What an assortment. What a beautiful assortment of songs. It's like, it's like the greatest hits night here. It was like one of those commercials where, you know, for 30 minutes they have you trying to sell you this CD with all the greatest hits. Well, we, we sang them all tonight. Not all of them, but we sang a bunch of them. Thank you for picking such beautiful songs. And uh, what a great time of worship. Take a look at Genesis 5 tonight for a few minutes. We're going to look at one of the most interesting people in all the Bible. And on, at first glance, it, we don't feel like we know too much about him. Uh, and maybe that's what makes him so interesting. But Genesis 5, <clears throat> we find uh, a man named Enoch described. E-N-O-C-H. And we find something very interesting about him. We know he walked with God, and we know he was taken up to heaven without dying. Only Enoch and Elijah are recorded in the Bible as having never died. They were simply taken up, translated into heaven. And we're not told really exactly why that happened. But we can learn some things, I think, from the Scripture here and elsewhere in the Bible that refer back to Enoch about his life, about the way he lived his life that we can apply to our lives. Look at Genesis 5, beginning of verse 18. It says, Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. After he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and notice this phrase, and he died. And all through this list of people, that's the operative phrase at the end, and he died, and he died, and he died. Now go on to verse 21. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Doesn't say, and he died like everybody else. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Carried away with God. Maybe Enoch was carried away by God because he was amazingly carried away with God. He loved God. Now, I know there have been many people who have loved God faithfully, and they're not translated into heaven the way Enoch was without dying. So it's not that he's the only one who's ever loved God and walked with God. And so it doesn't mean if you haven't been taken. I mean, only two people were taken up to heaven like that, right? Enoch and Elijah. But there was something very special about Enoch. Only two people that we know of in Scripture were... It, this was said of them, and he walked with God. That was Enoch, and then later Noah 
in uh, Genesis chapter 6. It said of them that they walked with God. There was a close relationship. There was something very intimate between them and God. Let's think about the life of Enoch. As we read, he, his father was Jared. His son was Methuselah. We're going to talk a little bit more about him. What's the distinction about Methuselah? Old, oldest man who ever lived recorded in Scripture. He lived to be 969 years old. And these ex extremely old ages are recorded prior to the flood, aren't they? Prior to the time of the flood. Now, there were some that lived a long time after that, but nothing approaching 900 years, 969 years. The great-grandson of Enoch was Noah, who we will refer to further. He was a prophet, because if you look over in Jude, which only has one chapter, so Jude 14 and 15 means verses 14 and 15, it describes him as having prophesied. Jude 14 and 15 says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So we know from Jude in the New Testament, inspired of God, that Enoch prophesied to his generation these men that were described as being ungodly. And you know that time leading up to the flood, you hear people today say, it's just getting so bad, it's never been this bad before in the world. Oh, yes, it has been. Before the flood. Because what it says about the people prior to the great flood is that every thought of the imagination was only evil continually. And so it's to that kind of a, of a terribly wicked generation that Jude apparently says that Enoch prophesied. God gave him a testimony, gave him a message to share. So in that sense, he was a prophetic voice. I don't know that you would necessarily call him a prophet in the classical sense, like Isaiah or Jeremiah, but he took on the prophetic role. God gave him something to prophesy, to share to his generation that what? Judgment was coming. Judgment was coming, and it was coming and so Enoch though it there's not a lot said about him there's some very important things that the Bible tells us he's mentioned elsewhere in the Bible first Chronicles 1 3 is a genealogy from Adam to Abraham he's referenced there Luke three thirty seven is a genealogy from Jesus back to Adam he's he's mentioned there and then Hebrews eleven five. This is one of the greatest examples of a biblical principle that you and I need to always remember. Scripture interprets Scripture. Never forget that phrase. Scripture interprets 
Scripture. So many times we see something in the Bible and by itself we don't totally grasp it or we're not sure exactly what it's saying. And very often the Scripture itself somewhere else will shed light on that thing that we're trying to understand. Sometimes it's in the verses just ahead, just preceding what we're looking at. Sometimes it's in the verses just after. And so many unbiblical doctrines have been formed and spread because people will find something that's mysterious or obscure in the, in the Bible, and they'll go off half-cocked and, and base their whole theology on that one phrase or that one part of a verse. They don't let the rest of the Scripture inform what they're looking at. And that's why we have so many cults, and that's why we have so many denominations, actually, because people have not let Scripture interpret Scripture. So important. And in Hebrews 11.5, see, all the way over in the New Testament, we have a great statement about Enoch that helps us understand what it means here when it says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Hebrews 11.5, if you want to turn to that, we'll read it. I'll have to find it myself. I didn't mark it. It says, by faith, this is the roll call of faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. So that's how we know it means he didn't die. He was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So Enoch was such an example of faith that God put him in the hall of fame of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And that verse sheds light for us that God took him. Now, it says he was not found. I guess that may mean that one day God just translated, just took him to heaven. And people were looking for him. You know, if someone just suddenly is gone, they're going to look for him, right? God took him away to heaven himself. Now, the reality is every time somebody dies physically, and they are a believer in Jesus Christ, God takes that person to heaven, right? That happened just last week with Ruth Sheldon, one of our dear members. She breathed her last, and she stepped into heaven. God took her to heaven. But in Enoch's case, this is without death. He never died physically. God took him to heaven to be with him. And so Hebrews 11 sheds a great amount of light, and it says that God had given him this testimony. Now, the testimony may be what he prophesied, but it appears also it's saying he had this testimony that God was pleased with him. He was pleasing to God. Isn't that a great thing to be said about a person's life when you come to the end of life? that it would be said that God was pleased with him or God was pleased with her. There's probably not anything that 
we would want to be said better than that, is it? That God was pleased with us. Very similar to what Jesus said that we would hope to hear in heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well, Enoch was a servant of God, and God was very pleased with him. So much so that he took him to heaven. So this quote from Jude 14 and 50 is a prophecy from Enoch, it appears, to his generation about judgment that would come. Now, it's also a word of judgment to all who are ungodly, to all who shake their fist in the face of God and say no. But certainly it was true in that generation prior to the great flood. So learning from Enoch's life, Enoch had great faith. Enoch pleased God. Enoch was taken by God, translated to heaven. The Bible says he walked with God. And the Bible says he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch walked with God. What does it mean to walk with God? Well, I think it certainly means that you love God. It means that you desire fellowship with God. You're open to what God desires. You're obedient to God. And that life then was so available to God that God was using him to be a testimony. A testimony to the existence of God, the power of God, and what God could do in the lives of those who would believe in him. Now, here's, here's where we move from, here's what the record is, to a little bit of conjecture. Now, I'm, we have to be careful about conjecture. We don't necessarily know that this is the case. But there are some very interesting things about Enoch related to Methuselah. We know that it says in the scripture that we just read, verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And then it says, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. It doesn't say that about everybody that's mentioned in this list of of genealogy and years. It doesn't always say that they walked with God. It says that they lived X number of years after they begot so and so, but it doesn't always say, and he walked with God. But about Enoch, it does say that. So there are some commentators who believe this may mean that there was a, a, a moment there when Methuselah was born that there was a great change in Enoch's life. It doesn't tell us that specifically, but it does say after he begot Methuselah, he walked with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. The reason some believe that this may have been some kind of a, a, a real spiritual moment for Enoch is that the name Methuselah, in the Hebrew, it's, a, it's an odd combination of like four Hebrew words. And 
the honest thing is nobody is absolutely sure what it means. But there are those that take the word met or meth, and that word means death in the Hebrew. And there are those that believe that the word Methuselah, the name Methuselah, can be translated, it shall be sent when he is dead. It shall be sent when he is dead. Now, Adrian Rogers says of this, he believes God sent Enoch a warning. Rogers says, would you ever name your baby Methuselah? Would you name your baby Methuselah? Roger says, I mean, think about it. Methuselah, that's a weird name. And yet he has this little baby, and he names him Methuselah. Now, Methuselah is a compounding of several words that in the Hebrew mean, it shall be sent when he is dead. You know what his name was. He was little, it shall be sent when he is dead. Would you name a kid, it shall be sent when he is dead? That's his name. It shall be sent when he is dead, Methuselah. Or when he's gone, it will come. That's what the name Methuselah means. Now, what in the world would that be talking? What would the it shall be sent when he is dead be referring to? What could it be referring to? The flood. The flood. Now, the tying of the name to the event is borne out in what happened with Methuselah. He lived 969 years. Why did he live so long? Why did he live the longest? Maybe because God was waiting for that flood to send it, to bring that judgment so that people would have the chance to hear the warning the truth, the opportunity to be saved before the flood came. If you look at Methuselah, what does it say about him? It says in verse 25, Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. Okay, keep that number in your mind, 187 years. I don't usually try to do this kind of thing because I, I invariably I get messed up when, it, when you're doing math or numbers. But this, this does add up. I got my calculator out and I added it up, okay? Methuselah, it says, lived 187 years and then he had Lamech. After he begot Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. So after Lamech was born, he lived another 782 years. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. After he begot Lamech, who was the father then of Noah, Methuselah lived 782 years. Look at verse 28, though. Lamech lived 182 years and had a son. So in your mind, 782 that Methuselah lived after he had Lamech, subtract 182, Lamech, when he had 
a son whose name was Noah, that equals how many years? 600 years. Methuselah, the number of years he was going to live was now down to 600 years when Noah was born. Look at Genesis 7, 6. Genesis 7, 6. After the flood had begun, it says Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters were on the earth. That means Methuselah died in the year that the flood began. He was dead before the flood began. But in that very year. So if his name meant it shall be sent when he is dead, then Methuselah was the warning, a warning to the world that judgment was coming. Enoch began that warning, that message, and then God took him. And then Noah, his grandson, carried that warning on. And God called him to build that ark. And in the very year that the fulfillment came, Methuselah, whose very name meant this calamity, this judgment would come, perhaps. We know he died from these numbers in the year that the flood happened. So Enoch was called to be a prophet to prophesy the coming of this judgment that did, in fact, come. And he was faithful to that because he believed God. Isn't that true of Noah? When God told Enoch's grandson to build an ark on dry land because a flood was coming, he believed God. He trusted God. He had a grandfather that gave him that example. Maybe the fact that Noah had a grandfather like Enoch and he knew that God had taken him away. Maybe that is part of what God did to prepare Noah to be a man of such great faith to build that ark and to do what God called him to do. We don't know for sure why God took Enoch like he did. But perhaps one reason is that it helped to build up this great faith in that family. That Noah would be able to stand against all of the people who mocked him and laughed at him. And he went ahead and did what God had called him to do. We sometimes underestimate how God will use us to be a great example to others. And so if you have children, grandchildren, people that you have influence over, don't underestimate how God may use your faith to strengthen and build the faith of another person. That God will do great things in their life. God will use them to do amazing things. Imagine how difficult it was for Enoch to live in close fellowship with God during those years before the flood, when vice and violence and all kinds of terrible things were being done. If, if nothing else, the example of Enoch tells us you can live a godly life and you can walk with God 
in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. It is possible. And God can use that in his great plan. Enoch's life of faith was not a private thing. He had a testimony. And God used him to speak to his generation. And through his descendants, God used his example to speak even to this day. And so little did Enoch know he would be in the Hall of Fame of Faith in the Bible. But he is. And it says of him that he pleased God. So you see, we don't know a lot about Enoch. But what we do know about him is really amazing. Let's let God use us. Let's walk with God. Let's love God and obey God. Believe God and trust him with all of our hearts. And let him use us in our day just as he used Enoch so many years ago. Would you pray with me? We thank you, Lord, for this amazing man named Enoch who walked with you. Lord, we sometimes feel like when we read about people like him, well, I could never be anything like that. Or I'm nothing compared to somebody like Moses or, or Enoch or Abraham. And yet, Lord, we see that they were men of flesh just like we all are. And yet, you loved them. You forgave them. They loved you and walked with you. And in this case, Enoch walked with you in a way that you took him to heaven. We thank you for his example, and we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to walk with you in a way that pleases your heart and can be used to share your love with the world that we live in. Lord, we pray in this time now of invitation that you'll help us to hear your voice clearly, help us to respond to you and to do what you are leading us to do. And when we walk out the doors of this church building tonight, Lord, help us as the church, your people in this world, to be a shining light to those who need you so much. We commit this time to you, and we thank you for moving among us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.